Hey, I'm Ophi from the Astro Twins. Welcome to Starstruck with Colin Bedell from Queer Cosmos. Colin. Hello. My beloved Gemini opposite sign, That's as you right. always like to say. That's right. So we are going to be talking today about something happening in 2020 when the North Node, which is our collective karma and destiny, moving into Gemini. Your sign. That's right. Which That's means right. the south node will be in Sagittarius. Your sun sign. sign. Who better to talk about this? <laughs> That's true. And what and the signs that certainly know how to talk. Exactly. <laughs> so the world is going to be going through uh, an, a metamorphosis of sorts mm. around communication and relating That's and right. um, the way we include each other mm -hmm. and so we're going to talk about yes. what that's going to mean for relationships of yes. all stripes yes yes yeah because i think that what's happening right now is that the relationship model is just going through an enormous renovation right we're asking significant questions related to does your job matter more when do we have kids when should we do this when should we do that do you want to live here do you want to live there does your mom have to move in with me what about your credit score there are serious questions that we all need to start asking and really meaningful conversations that need to be negotiated and because the north node is moving into gemini which is the third sign of the zodiac and they are two people that appear in connection we want to remember that gemini is technically the introduction of communication skills and relational intelligence in astrology so the north node moving into this sign is going to give each and every one of us the opportunity to really flex those muscles and learn how to do it yeah nice so you know, you being a Gemini, you always have the best words and phrases. <laughs> Relational intelligence. So. Esther Perel, baby. Okay, That's I'm going to ask you to define yes. that. And and also, mm. you have a new book. I do. Queer Cosmos. Yes, I do. From yes. Press. That's so, right. Which is about astrology and relationships. So. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So, well, relational intelligence is really just essentially the bottom line now for a meaningful life, for efficiency at work, and for really combating the epidemic of loneliness, which is currently the number one public health crisis in the United States and in other parts of the world. So relational intelligence is the way that we can understand the existential world of another human being through communication skills, through our observation as well, and through mirroring, validation, empathy, the way that we straddle the fundamental sets of human needs that we all have, which are love and desire. So this is all the research done forth by Esther Perel, John Gottman, and others. And what relational intelligence allows us to do is calibrate between trust and surrender, freedom and closeness adventure, stability. We all want these things in relationships, but we don't often know how to ask for it. We don't often know how to negotiate. We don't know how to calibrate. We don't know how to manage this paradox. And again, Gemini, the North are moving into Gemini, the sign of the paradox. They were Castor and Pollux. They were the mythological twins. One was immortal. The other one wasn't. So we're constantly seeing the law of opposites, the polarity, the paradox in relationship, in this sign, in our culture. And I did explore that in my book, Queer Cosmos, because in the second half of the book where I outlined compatibility, I made sure to not enroll in the binary of good or bad compatibility. I believe every single zodiac sign is compatible. So do you. So do we. Right. Absolutely. That, that was a model yeah. set forth by you. Yes. And it was deeply inspiring to me because I did just sort of know, as most of you probably feel as well, that when we reduce compatibility to good or bad, it feels really reductionistic. And we know that relationships are more enlightened than that. And so in Queer Cosmos, I tried to speak on which zodiac sign uh, is a little bit more fluent with love, is a little bit more comfortable with desire, how do we increase distance, how do we increase closeness, 
How do we negotiate this space? How do we minimize this space? How do we expand it? And these are, again, are all things and practices and words that we need to start being fluent with to make our relationship survive and to allow the North Zone and Gemini to work its alchemy. Nice. Now, one thing Colin and I have in common on that note is that we are both twins. twins. We're both twins. We both have twin sisters. That's right. That's right. Who are both not here, and we miss them. <laughs> they right. were always, they were always, they both live, at, we live in New York, and our twins live in live other elsewhere. states. It's but they seem acceptable. to kind of visit at the same yeah, time, true, which is a true. funny thing between us. But... <laughs> Um, I like to say as a twin, you're born married or born mm. in relationship. I mean, mm -hmm. you're in relationship in the womb. So yes, yes. No womb surprise. mate. Womb mate, exactly. <laughs> so it's no surprise that that's a lifelong interest yes. for both of us. And I want to celebrate something for you as well, if I may. Yeah. So in your book, uh, How to Get Along with Everyone, The Secrets to Compatibility, okay? Yes. So in their introduction, they had written, Ophie and Tali had written that because they're twins, they are lifelong students of interpersonal dynamics. I will never forget the first time I read that. <laughs> I forgot that I wrote yeah, that. Thanks no. for reminding me. Let me remind yeah. you, because it was the first time that I went, oh, I didn't even know that that's what twins are yeah. indoctrinated into. Yeah. And you have always infused your work and your practices in terms of allowing your readers and clients to understand that the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our life. Yeah. And I think that's something that you have in your work, and it's a legacy that I think you should be really proud of. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. But should. Um, back to Esther Perel, yeah. <laughs> whose uh, who's work I've read over the years, too, with her, her first book, Mating in Captivity, that a Gemini friend of mine went oh, on no one way. date, became friends, you know. And, and they uh, gave it to you? He mentioned it. And oh, so, amazing. I, you know, oh, I what we're going to talk about I, is this paradox, yes. right, that relationships are, that yes. we want these dueling things, right. and how do we find them with one person? We want mm. all this freedom, but we also want to feel intimate and close right. and bonded. Right. So, but if we have too much of one or not enough of the other, we're constantly going back and forth. So there's, right. you know, as astrologers, we're we're so often uh, people come to us seeking relationship advice. Let's yes. say it's the number one. You know, mm. I mean, they may come for a career on the surface, but mm. they always it always. And let me ask you about this one person. Right? Let me ask I you know. about my partner. Yeah. Or let me, you know, yeah. and it's just. <laughs> It's become so clear to me that we have this one-size-fits-all model of yes. relationships that does not work for anyone anymore. And I think astrology <clears throat> does help to break that up because Correct. when you uh, do your birth chart, and if you're one of our watchers, viewers, who is new to astrology and you've never done your birth chart, highly recommend doing that. Uh, you can do a free one on astrostyle.com or all over the place now. Um, and learning the, the whole map to your, uh, all, where all your planets are, the whole right. map of yourself, because we are all designed perfectly and uniquely, mm. but we're, we're given this one model. And yes. for you as a member of the queer community, you know, that model doesn't fit no. and never has and no. never will. So it's, mm. it's a, an advantage and a disadvantage in all these ways. Yes, and I think what's amazing about being a part of outside of majority culture as a queer identified person is that we knew as soon as we came out of the closet that those social norms would not apply to our experiences. So mm -hmm. we were kind of given our own permission slip to rewrite our 
our own rules and norms related to intimacy, related to uh, sexual practices, related to relational configurations and everything that you're saying because I think the, the model that you're saying that's no longer serving is that we expect one special person to provide to us what an entire village of people uses, used to provide. Mm. Yeah. And that's well, the that's Esther Perel's work as well. That is really true. You know, and women we, used to spend 20 hours a day with other women getting the, the uh, bonding hormone, yes. oxytocin. From, I love that you know yeah. hormones. You bring it up all the time. <laughs> I love it. No, that. I love it. I'm obsessed yeah. with hormones. Go ahead. <laughs> Gemini Sag, I'm telling you. Go ahead. Oxytocin, I am obsessed bonding. with vitamin O, which yes. I like to call oxytocin. <laughs> and so, so what you're it. saying is that, like, we're now, t it's so true. We're t I mean, I'm married to a man. I have a child. I was born yes. in the 1970s, so, and you were born at the very end of the late right. 80s. So we come from, you know, I'm Generation X. Right. You're millennial. Millennial, yeah. tipping into the Z. Yeah. And so, but yet, um, people my age are still are still also really wanting the things that you yes. are talking about yes. more now. Because I so. think what happens is back to the negotiation and really reconf uh, reconfiguring relational renovation is that we expect one special person to be our passionate lover, our life coach, our co-parent, our financial advisor, you know, our recreational partner, inspire me, comfort me, secure me, play with me, love me, and it's just a tall order for one person. And I think what we need to remember, and this is very much a queer kind of con concept, because not only do we speak on chosen family, but we've always been given permission in our own community to get our emotional needs met outside of the traditional confines of a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Meaning, go as deep as you can with as many people as you can under certain guidelines of appropriateness, and then you won't come to your romantic partner with an emotional deficit because you've been getting deposits in your emotional bank account all day. Right. Don't starve yourself all day, then come to the table. Don't go grocery shopping hungry. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then also, too, I think why this relates to Gemini is because this is the sign that knows how to talk to a lot of people at once. And this is the sign that kind of keeps it light, keeps it easy. There is so much pressure on relationships these days. And because the North Node is moving into Gemini, it's kind of a real big, you know what, lighten up, everybody. It's not that serious. Relax. Fall into agility. Fall into play. Fall into seduction. Fall into mystery. Fall into Sounds creativity. Good. And then that energy makes you a little bit more attractive, a little bit more magnetic. People want to talk to you. You want to talk to other people. And that's what expands your network of people, your village, your community. And you're just overflowing with so much emotional nourishment that when you're full, you meet somebody else who's full and you're like, hey, you want to play? Yeah. Rather than this energy of desperation that never works. And we have the emotional scars to prove it. Well, let's look at the landscape that 2020 is going to start out with because it's uh, the Gemini energy is light and playful. It's right. an air sign. It's relational. It's communicative, but it's against the backdrop of a lot of, a lot of Capricorn and Earth energy. Right, so right. we've got, you know, we're starting. I mean, the North Node. It's in May. It goes yeah, in yeah. Uh, to Gemini, but we're starting the year with the North Node in Cancer, which yes. is about that bonding and neediness, belonging. kind of, and belonging, yeah. and and with. Uh, you know, the uh, Jupiter, the South Node, yes. Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn, which is very traditional. Mm. So, but Pluto, mm. Pluto and Saturn yeah. coming together in yes. January yes. could, uh, it's going to be, uh, I think, symbolic of some of the breakup of, like, because we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. There are, you know, 
reinventing relationships may not necessarily have to mean that you throw out all no. traditions or things no. that worked, but no. that you get to play right. in whatever sandbox you want to. Right? Absolutely, so. and that's, you're absolutely right. And that's why we speak on often that we still need security and the anchor, right? So in every relationship, we're secretly longing for a person to be the anchor and the wave, right? So Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, these are energies that keep us secure and anchored with others. And that means that we need to be consistent, reliable, emotionally self-composed, dependable, accountable, and integrity-driven. And these are values that we speak on often and share on Instagram. But how do we really practice <laughs> Live, it? laugh, love. Right. Pfft, not on my fucking watch, okay? <laughs> if you're not really walking your talk, you need to get to stepping. Or you just need to learn to actually follow through and demonstrate trust given and received, right? So you're absolutely right. That anchor of security is essential. It's the foundation of a loving relationship. And then we also need longing, distance, mystery, anticipation, excitement, adventure, freedom, and all these things, because that's where relationships are moving. We need to learn how to balance both. So and how do we do that? Let's that. talk about how, because how? that all sounds great. Right. Like we all, wouldn't we all like someone that we know will be there, but kind of leaves us longing a little right. bit too. Right. Like that's having... Having been in relationships for, you know, 30 years of my life at least now, it's like, I remember I always would have this like seven month time where I'd be like, it's exciting, the honeymoon. And then you hit the seven month yes. anniversary and it's like, boredom is setting in. Right, right, the right. Sagittarius eyes are starting to wander. This is when I was younger. <laughs> you know. This was this morning. I had to wander around a lot. <laughs> I was younger this morning. My birthday was yesterday. <laughs> Good point. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I plead no contest <clears throat> to that. Um, but the how. The how. But yeah. How do we? How you know? And you mention shame a lot in your work. Mm -hmm. yes, you talk yes, about yes, that. Yes, so yes, yes, so yes, how yes. would you, what would you tell someone? Who's like, all right, I've, I'm committed to being with someone. We've been together 20 years but the mystery isn't there. Right. And I don't know that there's, I can't invent a mystery. Right, right, right It's right, all, right, you know, right. this person doesn't have any mystery. Oh, I have so, so many things now? to say to that. Okay, so number one, we wanna know that even if you've been married with someone for 20 years, at best, this marital partner is on loan to you with an option to renew. So don't kid yourself, you don't have anybody, okay? because you could get divorced and drop them like a bad habit tomorrow. You don't have anybody. They're on loan to you. This person is a library book, not part of your permanent collection. Thank you! I love that! Oh, I love it, Sab. <laughs> she... See that? The continuation, and they say this energy is actually incompatible polarity. Where? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's that. Um, and related to shame and how we can invoke mystery. So this is really fascinating. When researchers are studying uh, trauma, so shame, trauma, very similar ideas. They actually have to look at one's capacity for eroticism and sensuality on the other side of the continuum. Because in Esther Perel's work and a lot of research, they say that the erotic, the full-blown seduction and vitality and sensuality and intimacy between another, is the antidote to shame and trauma and death. How does that work? How does that work? So I'm going to ask the hard no, questions. No, please. No, I like this, right? Because I'm keeping a very big, yeah. big picture. Let me bring, it, know, on bring down. it down. Bring it on down. So this has actually uh, been researched by uh, survivors of the Holocaust. Really? And yes. And so, and this is also spoken in Esther's work in that in most of the survivors who were liberated after the uh, Nazi evacuation, 
what they saw was that there were many people who were staying in shame and trauma and living their life tethered to the ground. They, because they couldn't actually expand because they were waiting for another invasion, another person coming. They were still in their shame and their trauma. And then there were people who were not dead. And then there were those who were brought back to life. And those who con con consciously chose to invite creativity, longing, anticipation, mystery, warmth, and imagination back into their life were brought back to life. Okay, so uh, what we're saying here is that a crisis of seduction and chemistry in a relationship is usually a crisis of imagination because the imagination is the central organizing agent in, in eroticism and intimacy. And when you're in shame and fear and trauma, you can't let yourself go to imagine another possibility because you're so contracted and tethered okay. to the ground okay. that there's no, even, there's no way that you can imagine a mystery, but you can. And that is called developing shame resilience through a lot of different methods that we can explore. And then also knowing that sexuality can be transformed through the imagination by our ability to imagine the fact that this person really is not ours. That's why I said in the very beginning, oh, no, 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 honey, you may have them for 20 years, but you've never had them to begin with, and you still don't know, and you never will. It's an interesting context. I, I find that, you know, uh, what does keep a relation, you know, a relationship sort of thriving. I mean, when I met my husband, he said to me, like, you don't owe me anything and I don't owe you anything. And I think that's probably why I married him, because it was like, because there was no sense of obligation right. laid upon me, it could right. feel like a choice. Yes. It's like, okay. So I'm constantly choosing the relationship instead of yes. like, well, I said these vows and I got this ring, so. So therefore. So therefore I'll show up every day. I mean, right. for some people that's what it takes. But okay, so what I think I hear you saying, and this is an interesting uh, thing that uh, will, will fit with the stars of 2020 yes. being about tradition and integrity, but also imagination. And progression. And progression and yeah. reinvention and new yes. ideas. So what right. I think I hear you oh. saying is that, um, when we have some breakup trauma or yes. um, unresolved fear, we're gonna contract and control and try to avoid the reliving of that. Right. Which shuts down the imagination and the creativity. Exactly. And blocks us from feeling that erotic flow, which is really life force energy. Yes. Being Beautiful. alive, being open to the unknown. Right. That requires trust. And you know, with the, with the North Node being in Cancer until May, I think there's a lot of self-protectiveness that's going to be worked through. Where yes. are we protecting ourselves? In, you know, there's a, well, where does the protection become right. annihilation? Well, that's, you know, because as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, all right, people do want to feel safe. And that's become a big conversation. Yes, but you're but, not entitled to comfort and safety. There's very little total safety in every relationship. Right. So that's where we need to not normalize these mm -hmm. de facto kind of illusions and conditioning in the transformational crowd well, because we do, it yes. doesn't always you you can get security from another human being but you don't have total safety and that's that gemini that's good, paradox that's a very good that's a, i want to pause you there that's a good distinction like because what are we coming to the table expecting another person to provide mm. is it security is it safety can they provide that and, and are is you it providing even it for yourself well yeah are you providing it for them for right. yourself for you know what is and and where 
What I, what I love about the upcoming Gemini energy is Gemini is dialogue. It's a two-way mm. yes, street. Yes, baby. I find that there's so much in relationships that is not spoken aloud. It's, it lives in monologue in your head. And you don't even realize that right. you're just expecting the other person to right. provide that And you define you. safety and security very differently than I do. And so True. the Gemini North Node allows you to have those conversations okay. because say for you, it's, no, it actually makes me feel really secure in the relationship if I maybe got a text message from you twice a day. I'm going, oh, well, that's clear. Totally. Okay, Whereas so that's a great that's example. That's not something I would need, that's right? But go example. ahead. I'm just to, to, to provide the fact that clear communication is the kindest form of communication. And because we are negotiating relational norms, you know, when we use these words like safety and security, yes, those are values and needs. But we also then need to name to our partner what that looks like in practice because we can give them the recipe to get along well with us. Okay. So look, you know, if you're... If you're entering into a relationship in 2020, especially with Venus going retrograde in Gemini, Gemini too. <laughs> My Venus um, returned three times in one oh year. Oh boy. I know, um, uh, there, it's going to be a year that there's going to be a lot of talking, talking yes. and talking, you know. Which is amazing because. For, for some people. I you're know. Not, you're I not know. a talker. Well, know? but I think what we want to remember though is that obviously the four scariest words we can hear in a sentence are we need to talk. Mm -hmm. And because this energy, this energy <laughs> is moving into Gemini, we are actually going to be tasked with alleviating our discomfort level with verbal communication. Because the fact of the matter is, we have become extremely irresponsible in our language and our communication skills. And I think that will be the Capricorn backdrop to Gemini in terms of giving us the structure and then also inspiring us to learn how to do it better. We're not born learning how to do it, make no mistake. Mm -hmm. And so there's plenty of research and literature and services out there for each and every one of us to learn how to be clearer, how to be more specific, how to listen carefully, how to learn the ethics of communication because a lot of people think, oh, just because I'm ready to talk means you're ready to listen. No, it does not. We need to learn how to be more clear. We need to learn how to not over talk, which leads to under listening. There are so many practices that we can study while the North Node is in Gemini so we can have the structure and the integrity of communication and thus hold ourselves to a higher standard because we shouldn't coddle those wounds. One of the writers I like a lot is Helen Fisher, who I believe is a Gemini. Oh, and no I, think, way. I think a twin also. Oh, God. And she has a, uh, gosh, the book is called, uh, oh, gosh, I'll remember. Yes. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Why we love, why we love. Mm. Um, yes. I love that it's a why too. It's yeah. not how, where, right. when. Right. And yeah, she had, a, an, she's a neuroscientist. Mm. And there was a part of the book where she talks about something called breakup or abandonment rage, mm. where if you actually mm. see the person regularly that you've broken up with, it will trigger a whole flood of responses Without a and doubt. chemicals. So one of the, like maybe we go into some tips here for navigating yes. the year. Like one Which of them is like, brilliant. you can't outsmart your brain. You can't no. outsmart the firing neurons. Yes. It's like they, yes. sometimes those, pa you can unpattern or mm -hmm. repattern yourself, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and practice and repetition. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you are going into this, when you are trying to create a new paradigm for relationships, expect to be scared and freaked out and totally out of your comfort zone. But that's where the excitement and the passion comes from. It does, eventually. Right, right, eventually. Right. They exist. Fear. They, co Fear they, they coexist side by no. side. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's, but yeah, please. But um, to the tips and tools related to how to navigate that. Yeah, yeah how to I, navigate that is really to like, and, and if you, you know, to what I was saying about Helen Fisher's work, like, 
if you've broken up with someone and you want to be you want to move on try not to see them for yeah. a while like we always think oh we're so progressive we'll just consciously uncouple no. and move into being friends no. that works for some people if you really both are there but if one of you is devastated and it's like and we're still living together and i see them at the grocery store we still go to the same yoga class because you know, we're both trying to be so civilized. You can still go here. It's okay. But I want the four o'clock. Well, I do too. Okay, see you there. You know, <laughs> I've never had that breakup, know, but I'm Mars just kind of thinking like, that's a 2020 breakup, right. like the unbreakup. Um, I'm going to mute them on Instagram so I don't see their posts. Right. Very 2020. Look, I mean, look, but you know what? <laughs> I know we're kind of poking fun, but I, I do want to give humanity credit here. We are all trying to be better people. We are. And to be like evolved, but like I said, at the same time, we can't outsmart our minds and our brains. So we have to give ourselves that space with the Gemini North Node coming in mm. to mm. know what we think and what we want and what we need. We don't we may not have the words right away. Capricorn is about the wisdom of time. So giving yourself the time to know what you want to say before you just talk. Sometimes it's talking is not the same thing as communicating, right? Beautiful. And I will say this related to shame resilience too. And I'll lean on the research by Dr. Renee Brown, of course, because she is an expert in the field of shame is that the first thing you're going to want to do when you realize you're emotionally compromised, when you realize you're in shame, you've, you've been uh, totally... How do you realize you're in shame? Real, let's, physiological responses, yeah, actually. Let's so talk about it's, shame. Yes. I'm so, so ashamed of my shame. I right. don't even deal with it. Well, shame is the universal emotion that says that for something I am or something I did or because of what I am, I am therefore fundamentally unworthy of love and belonging. So that's the definition of shame. And then it is an emotion as well that triggers physiological responses within us. So for many of us, that'll feel like time is slowing down, like we're getting a cold feeling in our armpits, we can't pay attention, we automatically have brain fog, you know you've been there, mm -hmm. trust you me, mm -hmm. right? And when shame has gotten you emotionally compromised, and shame is the single greatest barrier between ourselves and connection, which is why we need to learn it and name it and develop resilience around it, then the first thing you wanna do is just identify that it's there. Right? Because then you acknowledge, I'm not built for human consumption at this moment, so we're not <laughs> going to do the three T's, which is type, text, or talk. Oh, None of it. Tees. Don't I do it, it because you're telling yourself conspiracy, you're in rage, you're in anger. So just acknowledge, I'm in shame. I'm not in guilt or in embarrassment, which is a temporary discomfort. I am in shame and I am reenacting my survival mode. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you can do a couple of things from there. Shame activates um, the limbic system, which is the part of the brain that's the reptilian brain, and activates fight, flight, freeze, okay? So then the neocortex part of the brain, which, which uh, produces critical thinking, goes offline. And so what you can do very simply is just this. Yeah. It really does. Tapping your neocortex gets that executive center back so you can make intelligence decisions. So Once if you you're see there, someone doing this, you know, they're in shame and go, me too, sister, right? Oh, I've been right there. there right Let there, me yeah. tell you something, right? The moon is in my 12th house. I'm there with you. No, oh, so then you get the neocortex back and then North Node and Gemini, you reach out and you share your shame story with someone who has earned the right to hear it. So these are people who have demonstrated qualified empathy in the past. And when you call them, you say very clearly, hi, Ophi. 
so glad you answered. I'm in the middle of a shame storm right now. Do you have about <laughs> 10, 15 I want minutes? that call. Right? I know. And, and you can would I take it. Yes, yes, of course. So I need about 10, 15 minutes where I can just say this. Is, is that okay? Shame storm. And you go, okay. Or you could go, actually, Colin, Jupiter just entered Capricorn. I'm in the middle of a lot right now. I'll get right back to you. But she's right. one of my closest friends. So of course, she'd say, yes, yes, yes. I'm here. Hold on. Let me put on my protective gear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going in with right. you, baby. Right? So then I share my shame story, and because Ophi has demonstrated qualified empathy to me in the past, and empathy is the antidote to shame. Right, because a lot of people in their best efforts to connect with you when you're in shame accidentally exacerbate it. And they do that by one-upping. They do that by inserting themselves in a story they don't belong in. Like, hold on. Um, let me interrupt your shame right, storm right. with one of my own. Yeah, because I had a terrible day. That and then to it goes, me. right. And then it's yeah. like, okay. no, I just need to get this out. And a lot of people just accidentally steamroll the conversation and then the speaker feels abandoned and shame actually gets exacerbated in the research. Can okay? I raise you a shame storm without shaming you? Yes, and that's what they, and people do it all the time. They do it all the time, right? But how about having, like, if you are someone who's working through that kind of thing, which, okay, so just to kind of recap this, uh, if you are going to try to, you know, bring yourself back to life, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're rom if you're a romantic zombie, a rom zom, <laughs> if you're in rom zom yes. mode, yes. and you want to bring back the magic and the life force energy, you're probably going to be bringing a shame, inviting a shame storm. Or you two. are, and I'm thank because you for bringing no that up. Because there's no way that you can wake up your uh, whole brain or whole being Correct. without all that stuff that stuff you've been suppressing coming up. So mm -hmm. you probably are going to want to have when you said a qualified listener, you know, just like people in business or mastermind groups or whatever have like an accountability buddy or mm -hmm. something, you might want to have a listener or someone that you can talk to. Who has made to. you feel better so that you don't call, after you yeah. spoke to them. Right, because it's like, as much as I love you, it's like, listen, I'm on a deadline, I can't. So mm. you might, during the Gemini North Node period starting in May, you may want to just actually formally create that kind of relationship of, of someone to clear that stuff with and who's that's your the twin listener part, right we know this as a twin right. and but here's the thing as a twin it's very easy when you have that one person that you feel understands you so well this is something i learned this year with my twin you don't want to just over rely on them or assume mm. that you can just cut to Correct. storm you right. know right and that's why you ask first Right. That's why when I called Ophir, I said, do you have 15 minutes? Because if she right. said no, I would be like, okay. But she knew that I was in shame, Maybe so that would imply a certain level of urgency. So she knows that this isn't guilt, embarrassment, or let me tell you about my, you know, no good, dirty, rotten, bad day. It's, oh, no, Colin's feeling a lethal emotion. And because we are friends, I have a responsibility to help him. And, right? here's, and on that note, that's another thing. A lot of us talk around that shame. I believe that's what is really there. When mm. we talk about like when you have the friend that keeps talking about that person over mm. and over again and is like you know that person that you never want to be mm. who keeps talking about the guy or the girl or the whoever right. you know that keeps just messing with their head and you know mm. and you're like oh, are you talking about them again mm -hmm. oh god because mm -hmm. you know they're really not saying something and right. you're just you kind of and then you want to like 
stop the bleeding by being like, just dump them or whatever. Right, but right. you know that doesn't help no, either. Because we don't live with the consequences. Right. Whereas they do. And I think it's important in Gemini North Node fashion to really actually make this a semantics issue. Because there's one thing when you're in uncertainty, there's one thing when you're in guilt, there's one thing when you're in embarrassment, there's one thing when you're in shame. Mm -hmm. And really saying and naming it, it, it just inspires other people to rise to a certain level of cognition and occasion so they know, oh wow, somebody is not doing too well, let me tend to them, provide them with empathy, and because empathy is the antidote to shame, that's how you get them back on the emotional feet, and then they're well, not going to be in the There's not a lot of empathy. Zone. There's not a lot of empathy going on. There's a lot of actually hiding. There's a lot of people hiding, being hijacking, shamed and for having shame. Right. Like, let's take that one, you mm. know, in terms of if we are going to reinvent, you know, the landscape of what relationships could... We can change the way we relate but mm. if we're doing it in the same fishbowl where the water needs to be changed we need to change the water in yes. the fishbowl yes. and that's yes. that's an opportunity in 2020 with the gemini north node like great we're two healthy fish swimming in a fishbowl that needs to be cleaned yes. so yes. the cleaning of the water involves new practices yes. like like okay my friend is talking around something or sounds like mm. they're hooked on some player or jerk or whatever, but what are they really saying? What's really going on with them? Yeah. Instead of Radical you know, lecturing them or blah, 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 you're worth more than that. Right. It's like, no, that doesn't help. No, you know? it doesn't. And it doesn't. I know, you know, I live part of my life, now that I'm a parent, in a community where there are a lot of other parents and married couples and that kind of thing. And it's just... Um, there's this standard or this don't, you know, everybody wants to talk about everybody else's relationship or partnership. And it's just, and it's so feels, it feels very unsafe. Like yes. you, you know, and you should never get empathy from any of them right. because they, if they're telling you information that's not theirs to share, they're not safe or probably qualified empathy providers. Right. So this is like, there's for people out there who are watching, who are parents, you also need a special set of, maybe a special community or yeah. listener too, because I've seen, you know, a couple people's relationships break up and they had kids and they were in the mm. community and mm. it's very public and mm. there's a lot of, and everybody who's like, doesn't want the shame on them, mm. like makes that person into kind of the scapegoat. Ugh. Like everything, they never want anyone to know about them. They kind of project onto the person who's yeah. struggling. And, yeah. Can, and I'll just say this too, to really kind of ground the conversation. Yeah. Shame is universal. Yeah. Everybody has it. Mm -hmm. So we should not be feeling shame about having shame because we all have it. So why are we feeling guilty? And the less we talk about it, the more we have it. Whereas the more we share it in qualified containers of emotional facilitation, right. the more we develop resilience and shame cannot survive when it's spoken. And yeah. that's that North Node in Gemini wrap language around shame with people and it has released its chokehold on you. Yeah. Well, as the astrologer, I'm known now in that part of my life as someone, you know, and so people do open up to me. Oh, yeah. And I take extra precautions to say, whatever you tell me is confidential, please yeah. know that. And number two, we're all going through that, you yes. know, because... Yes. So, so be the person that provides safety for others. If someone does open up to you, if yeah. they're struggling, and keep your word. Like, be in this Gemini North Node. You know, it's about reciprocity. Be for others the way you would want them to be for you. Mm. If you were going, if you were the one going through the public embarrassment mm. or of, you know, 
of a breakup or a time of uncertainty or trying to bring passion back to your life in some way and things getting messy. Like, mm. instead of taking the position of judging, see how you can have empathy. Just witness, and that's the Gemini mirroring. Yeah. It's just witness and validate, yeah. And know that you're not above anything that you're seeing. Right. Right, let's be very clear. You too, if you're living bravely and courageously, you will make a mistake, you will show your ass. You will yeah, have experiences at any age. Yeah, no matter 18, what. So we're all swimming 50, in the same suit 80, together, which is know, very Gemini, right? We're all, we're all figuring this relationship thing out. Yeah. You know, kind of historically, contextually, like really people haven't been going to therapists or even having these conversations for more than probably 30 years yeah. or 30, 40 years Definitely. max. I mean... I, I'm from the generation, Our par my parents are baby boomers. They didn't talk about any of that. No. And so understanding and having compassion for people, you know, yes. like yes. maybe they don't have that. But it's you're so lucky in, at your age that you actually have these these tools and yeah. the, the, the people talk about this yeah. stuff. No, like it's I really normal. Am. I really, and not only am I lucky to have that inclusion, but it was actually practiced in the home. Which really, yeah, I, I understand. For people yeah, still. that gave me a head start. And that's why I'm really committed to making sure that I'm operationalizing that proximity to this information by doing my best to share it with others without any resistances, any barriers, any financial limitations. It's, I want to give this information away to others so that they can use it in their lives. So if you are, you know, looking to be in any kind of a relationship in 2020, mm. which I think, I believe, we're, you know, we are all in relationship yes. to each other at all Beautiful. times. Yep. That's another kind of thing to be aware of. Like, what is a relationship? Like, right. it's like we look at, like you said at the start, there's one big special relationship and everyone else is kind of just a Insignificant. floating, yeah. Just, no, we're all yes. related to each other in Absolutely. some ways. So yes. how do we want that flow, that current of energy to go? That's something that is going to be uh, just tuning your awareness into yes. that yes. in 2020. Yeah. And also having the communication skills to do that because mm -hmm. we need to we're experience them. it and learn it. Right. Because that's really where we're going to let the rubber meet the road. Yeah. Because we can tell you as astrologers till the cows come home, who you'll be compatible with. Oh, you'll get along with, oh, you're an Aries. You should be with a Leo right. or this or that. Like that's not, that's the beginning of the conversation. You can be with anyone, but you can also screw up a relationship exactly. with anyone, even someone whose chart is perfectly matched to yours. That's right. Free will reigns. Yeah. If you, if you lean back too far and let go of the wheel and put it on coast or cruise control for too long. <laughs> right. If you leave the reception desk, I don't want to know why you're surprised <laughs> that your relationship isn't working. Right, right. Right. So this is not to make anyone wrong. We, we all have a lot of responsibilities to tend to. Yes. We, we hope our relationships can, you know, maintain themselves without us constantly hovering over right. them. No, but that's true. Um, it's going to be an interesting year for the, the care and feeding of relationships Absolutely. and having, having the conversations that are not necessarily easy, uh, going there, testing those waters. That's right. Knowing you might get a reaction at first. It's scary. But necessary for a meaningful life. I mean, we are all adults here, so we need to put our big girl and big boy pants on and get to work. Because the opposite, the opposite node, and the nodes are the 
karmic path we're all walking. We have the Sagittarius South Node, That's which right. is about telling the truth and nothing but the truth. Mm -hmm. And then moving to Gemini, which is cultivating those communication mm -hmm. skills and not just telling the truth like in a crude way that that doesn't take the other person into consideration, but... Mm. Yes, really. yes, yeah. And all of these things might sound like lofty, abstract ideas and principles, but the sooner we wrap our heads around the fact that we have to develop the skills to cultivate how to do them, then you will see the quality and the tenor of your relationships change. Yeah, so here's wishing you a new and evolved relationship That's through right. the new decade right. in 2020. And Colin, uh, where can people find you? They can find me at QueerCosmos.com, and that's uh, Q-U-E-E-R-C-O-S-M-O-S.com. Uh, and that's also the name of all my social media handles as well. And I do natal chart readings and horoscopes, and I have a few books out, and we could talk about all of, a bunch of things related to your astrology and your life together. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for Thank you. Speaking of relationships, thank yes. you for having me. All and right. may 2020 be your best year yet.